to record. Well, I was in it, you know, you just kind of like, that was the performance for me. Um, I lived it. I was on stage as it was happening. <laughs> I was it. I was it. I watched Marat. <laughs> and I want a Marat. Right. I want to Marat. Right. And Saad. Uh, <laughs> Those are two people you can see me sing about sadomasochism. Right. Right. <laughs> I want to Saad. Saad. <laughs> yep. I love it. I love it. Again, we are coming for the Weird Al crown. Every single day, our powers are growing. Soon we will have enough powers to face him Dragon Ball Z style. Picture once we learn how to play like an instrument or two. Oh my God, it's over for you, Weird. It's over, Weird Al. You're done. You're done, done. Weird Al. You don't even know. (laughs) Once I get on that, that squeeze box... Oh, it's over over for you, weird. It's over. Once I can, like, competently play a cowbell without scaring myself, you're toast. Do you think it's Mm. like, do you think Weird Al, when you beat him, you get the weird title? Like, he has to just go back to Al Yankovic. (laughs) Obviously. It's like, oh, I guess now you're Weird Forest. (laughs) Uh, yes, that's my yes. secret, Al. I was always weird, weird. forest. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, let's go. go, go. So, you know we gotta keep it hype all day and night like this. So, Showing love when we can. Shout out to the super fans, uh huh. So, you don't really wanna miss pop soccer. Stay lit. So if you ready, we ride and take it back to the nineties. From movies to the video games, just a couple of nerds keep it so entertaining. Hey, Pop Saga. That's right, friends. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pop Culture Podcast that's equal parts pop culture critique and blazing the trail of what will be popular in the future. Not sure what I'm talking about? Listen to last week's episode. Today we're breaking down all the exciting news from the DC Studios head honchos James Gunn and Peter Safran. Feathers have been ruffled and the hype train has left the station under full steam and we're going to talk about it all. I'm Forrest and I am joined as always by John and John I have only one question for you and it might be the most important question I've ever asked in one of these intros. Mm. Trunks or no trunks? Trunks. I'm on team trunks too. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Because if not, then they're just pants. And pants are not as like bold as knowing that you're going to wear trunks on the outside of pants. Only a Superman, which is of course who we're referring to, but only a Superman could say, no, I will not wear underwear under this suit but I will wear underwear on the outside of the suit. <laughs> exactly. And to make sure you know I'm wearing it, it will be in stark contrast to the suit. <laughs> it's going to really stand out. Yeah, you will know. Uh, You're going to be looking at the super package. Now, that is, <laughs> that's really what it's all about. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a... Uh, mm-hmm. Call Superman UPS because he really delivers that package. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, do you think boy short trunks or the classic brief style trunks? 
briefs because I think boy uh, style trunks kind of go with the other super family members. I don't necessarily think ah. like, Superman should wear it. So like a super boy, I could see that, or you know, super girl, I could see that with like some sort of like pant mm-hmm. type thing too. I think that could work. I think okay. it just works for others, but for him, it's it's got to be classic. Yeah. You know, as classic as possible, because we've kind of seen what happens when you take it to a, a dark turn. It actually <laughs> doesn't work. It doesn't work. You're missing well something too. in the middle there, right? There's mm-hmm. just a lot of blue. Exactly. And if it's mm-hmm. not, but when it's like a real dark, dingy blue, and then like a muted red, and then you don't have like that that color break down mm-hmm. there at the, the crotchal region, it's just like, I don't really know what I'm looking at. Kind of boring. You know, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed, even though this did not have the trunks, I really enjoyed uh, the uh, Joe Ramita Jr. Joe? John. John. I always say Joe. It's really John. Okay, John Ramita Jr. I really enjoyed his uh, high collar design for the super suit. I like the the really high on the neck collar. That was a cool addition. Yeah, I think that that's fine. That is not removed. Well, I think the trunks were removed on that suit. As mm-hmm. well, but yeah, I unfortunately, mean, yeah, yeah, a little more <clears throat> uniform esque kind of works for him. Yeah, and he had those like his thumbs stuck out of the sleeves. You know when like there's those certain sweaters that have thumb holes in the sleeves to like, make them we, kind of like half mittens. Yeah, we used to just make those by just by just wearing a sweater too much, or yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just kind <laughs> of you cool. just put them in. We didn't have we yeah. didn't have professional thumb holes in our sweater so well certainly that must have inspired the later design but it was a cool uh a cool addition to the suit is uh (laughs) taking all of our (laughs) our trash clothes and making them fashionable uh but yeah i agree i'm also on team trunks i think it like you said it's like really nice to have the emblem and the upper chest be blue and then we have that color break of red and then that continues on to the boots because when you have a big color pop like that, it's nice to integrate it throughout the rest of the outfit to yeah. uh, to create a sense of color harmony. And that big blue swath w- is really uh, missing missing that, even it's, with the bright yellow belt. It's too contiguous. It's like too, yeah. if you don't have it, it's just too much. There's no form or function to it. Yeah, no, I prefer it. And I prefer the red boots. I don't like when they omit that either. Yeah, um, just just like a blue onesie. Yeah, just like oh, look at look at Super Whoopsie over there flying around in his blue onesie. Look at him. Probably look really comfortable him. though. Oh, I'm sure. I well, mean, actually, you know what? No, have you you've have you ever worn a onesie with footies? Not, well, not in my adult life. So I have worn a onesie with footies in my adult life. You choked yourself. And uh, no, but man, <laughs> the wedgies you get from that just from just moving around a little bit are legendary mm. <laughs> they are so awful it's just because like everything's connected to each other so you just move all, you move the wrong way and uh you know you have become one with the onesie Maybe oh. that's why they call it a onesie yeah yeah that's why whenever you see babies wearing it they're always thrashed around they're always just kicking their legs <laughs> like if i could terrible. talk <laughs> if what? i could talk i would get i would tell you get this out of my ass crack just give me one pair of pants and a shirt like you. I want to be like you. 
please for god's sakes yeah i agree though when they make when they reduce i think superman's suit is already fairly simplified so when you simplify it further you're really you're taking your it's not addition by subtraction you're not really adding anything there a hundred percent agree hundred percent yeah you can, it's his is one of the most I mean, his is the template for almost all other super suits, if you really think about it. And Certainly when it comes to having a cape. Yeah, so breaking that up or adding too much or doing anything, just trying to be like, you know what I don't like? I don't like those trunks. And we're going to give them little footsies, too, so that way it's just one thing. It does nothing for him. In fact, it makes him look less Superman to me. Yeah, so it's, it, yeah. it is robbing us a little bit of that iconic imagery. You know, when we were younger, there was a, a very big deal in comics when they killed Superman. And, yes. of course, he never came back, and we all remember that. Yep. Um, but, um, kidding, of course, people. Don't write in. Um, but uh, do you remember? There was all those, the super weirdos that kind of came out of the woodwork to oh, fill the vacuum. Oh, yes. Uh, of Superman. Oh, yes. Did you have a favorite super weirdo? that that came in and and was like the new was supposedly the new superman during that time so i'm gonna use a wrestling term i was like a death of superman mark there wasn't a version of them i didn't oh you liked them all i liked them all i think but if i had to rank them if you're like if if i had to pick my favorite out of them it really goes it is it is truly a tie between steel Mm because i i just love that take of it um, just that giant metal Superman S shield on his chest and him shooting like railroad ties at people because why not? And he's got I, a I, big hammer. That was always fun. Big hammer. And, you know, and it was the different shades of metallic to it. So it wasn't like, you know, it was steel depending on if it like Dan Jurgens was drawing it or something in the colorist. Like it would have these different kind of uh, tints of blue that I really liked, light blue. Um, so him, and then Cyborg Superman, which interesting, which I would never think that I would like because it just like oh, you just made Superman a robot. But I don't know. There's something about like the little half leg, the half Superman, you know, like half Cyborg side, and then like the Superman, and then like that evil looking Terminator skull sticking out. That was like peak 90s for me so i love it and i even have the uh cyborg i'll put like this i even have a cyborg superman uh figure in my collection and i don't have too many superman figures in my collection you know i love the character hmm. those were my those were my two and then eradicator and superboy but I, I i really was a a fan of them all how about you i loved the eradicator design uh, even though we were just talking about having that, that, not having that color break, there's something crazy cool about like the 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 outer edges of the costume being black, and his mm-hmm. arms being like sheathed in black, and then like having that central pillar of blue down like the inner parts of his legs and the inner part of his torso, and then he would shoot these beams out of his hands. The Eradicator was cool as hell. Plus, I mean, at the time, this was cooler than maybe it is now, but I loved his his uh, orange wraparound shades. It was all very, that was like definitely, I was like, I hope this is actually Superman. That was very much on Team Eradicator. Yeah, no, Eradicator, the 
the changes yeah between the light blue and then the dark blue and yeah the fact that he had some like pre oakley's on were always dope <laughs> but the thing that i never found like offensive with any of their outfits and why i think i liked them all was the fact that i was like well there's not superman so i'm fine yeah. with these interpretations because none of them are he'll be back soon enough um and I also like the fact that, like, originally that Eradicator S-Shield 2 was just huge. Like It was gigantic, yeah, very it, cool. Like, I mean, it damn near went from, like, shoulder to shoulder. And it's just, like, that's what I want. I want a big-ass S and flying around and, yeah, shooting beams out of his hands going, oh, man, he's going to eradicate you up. or <laughs> You're going to get eradicated, my friend. Yeah, yes, yes, you are. Yes, you are. And even Superboys, you know, just like, oh, give him a leather, you know, like give him a, a leather jacket and a jumpsuitish type of thing. I think it was a, it was a good take on it. Yeah, I, I didn't care for the side. Do you have a little rat tail? Yeah, a little rat tail S curl and he, the side, like his side shaved on his head, so I think a little bit or something like that. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's 90s as hell. Definitely. A lot of them were. <laughs> they all were. They all were. But Very good point. Yeah, but again, I didn't find it offensive because I was like, well, these aren't really uh, Superman, so it's okay. Even though Cyborg Superman looked the most, and, and Eradicator. Yeah, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Is this how this works? But I mean, I even like black suit Superman. Uh, spoilers, when he comes back. Uh, we lied to you earlier. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, man. Um, if you were paying, if you've been living under a rock, we're very sorry. Why'd you come here for your source of information? That's weird. Exactly. We're not, we're not truthsayers. We're, <laughs> <No>. we're soothsayers. <laughs> soothsayers. Pop yeah. culture soothsayers. <laughs> yes. we, will, we will soothe those says, and you will know it. <laughs> we're going to soothe so many says. You better watch out. <laughs> you better watch out. But, uh. No, like when he comes back and he has that black suit, it's like the black and silver suit with the mullet. And you're yeah. just like, oh man, this is so cool. And I don't know why, but that whole, that whole time I think was like, that was my arc. That was my thing. So I was just like, it was like, it was, was made for you. Yeah. I was like, oh man, I, I got to buy a poly bagged comic for the death of Superman came with a card. And then I got the. The return of Superman, and that also came in a poly bag. I had to get everything. Everything. Yeah, what a time! What a what a time in comics. Very very cool. Uh, definitely, there. It, uh, that was such a big deal that it was on just like regular news. People were talking about the death of Superman, <laughs> like. Like, it's suddenly these news organizations had never seen a comic arc before, had never seen a situation where a superhero dies and then, like, maybe is dead for a year and is brought back triumphantly. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that was because that was also everyone was like, oh, well, they were treating it like this is it. You know, they yeah. had a funeral for them and they did everything. So all those people were rushing out there buying, like, 20, 30 issues because they're like, oh, man, we got our kids... Uh, college fund and then some <laughs> right, he's we're never retired back. these are never now you can buy it for like three bucks yeah. you can buy it for about <laughs> the price you could back then hey and guess what uh i hate to break it to you but superman has died several times since yeah 
I wonder how many, I wonder if there's that one person who kept buying into the deaths. Oh, this time they mean it. They tricked us last time, but this time, this, well, there's this someone is the out real there. One. There's someone out there who is is says that that nothing after it is canon. I'm sure there's somebody who said, "Hey, this is the end of Superman, <laughs> and nothing else is canon." Oh, that's not Superman. Just there's full in you. Now you want to buy this? You want to buy this sealed death of Superman comic? It's a uh, Nine hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> please, please, I got you, so many of them. <laughs> my future was hedged on this death of Superman comic. <laughs> they, they said they brought him back and they gave him a bullet. He was cool, but like... <laughs> that's not really Superman. <laughs> it never is. was. It was the Martian Manhunter the whole time. <laughs> you could see somebody lamenting that. I would have too if even then I didn't know about you know superhero deaths. Even though goddamn bringing back Jason Todd, how dare you? You owe me dollar ninety nine DC. I want my money back. <laughs> Is it because you called in? Hell yeah, you called, I in, called and voted? in. Okay, he's the worst. But he was like he didn't listen to Batman. He tried to steal the the tires off the Batmobile. He was just he was just a menace. Wow, Get is that is Jason Todd where the whole uh, Batmobile lost its wheel and Joker got away from? Because Jason Todd, like he, he loosened I, the lug nuts. I mean, maybe he inspired it, or he was inspired by it. I think the Batmobile losing wheel is like pre eighties, so it's just like you know, <laughs> if the Batman was to lose something for the, you know. If we had to come up with a song, what could it be? Sure, yeah. Yeah, the Batmobile, lose a turbine? Nope. No, can't do that. That's too hard. Lose an ejector seat? Nope. No, I mean, does he probably loses those a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of it. It's funny, though, that part of that song is that the Joker got away. Lamenting the Joker getting away. Uh, Newsflash, the Joker always gets away, and he's always coming back. Batman does not have the heart to, to deal with that once and for all. Batman must be like, uh, he must be really like, come on, legal system. What the hell? (laughs) What do I got to do? It's like, I can't do everything, guys. Will you stop letting him escape? Jeez. Yes, please. Please stop letting him go. Please stop letting him. I'd be the same, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, there's like, there's one part of that equation where somebody's dropping the ball, and it's not the Cape Crusader. Let's just say that much. I don't think so. I mean, he's going above and beyond the Call of Duty there. Like, you know, he's. I mean, arguably, he could probably be spending his money better ways and preventing this stuff. But I'm not going to get into it. But at the very least, he did the job. He got the Joker. Now, what can we do about that? Right, exactly. What can we? How can we assist Batman? How can we make his job easier? That should be our job: is is making Batman's job easier. I mean, uh, ideally, you want to make his job obsolete. True. Yeah, yeah. Right. You want Batman to retire, or at least yeah. just start doing kids' parties or something like the something. Ghostbusters and I Ghostbusters want, too. I want him in a cafe in Europe where he can look over and see oh. Alfred. <laughs> toast him alfred goes oh shit and then bombs off uh-huh. after drinking his fanat bronca yeah and then that's it that's the that's where i want batman to get to and he you 
and you want it to happen without him having to uh, pretend to sacrifice himself by dropping a, uh, an atom bomb in, in the shores, or I should say in the uh, the oceans off the coast of Gotham. Ideally, yes. Right. It shouldn't yeah, have to go I, that far. It shouldn't be that <laughs> extreme. He shouldn't have to fake his own death just he to take a vacation. Involved. You know, he should just be like, yeah, hey, Alfred, I'm glad I paid you so well that you could come to the same place I'm at. But you didn't see me, okay? Don't tell, I'm, don't tell the kids I'm not here. <laughs> don't tell the kids. Don't tell my son where I am. I don't ever want to see him ever yeah. again. Yeah, uh, well, speaking of Damian Wayne, let's just jump into it. We're talking yeah. about, we got so much stuff to talk about. We're talking about, we talked about it a little bit before, but the the new slate of DC Studios, the newly dubbed DC Studios, uh, is uh, has been revealed, or at least some of it. There are, There's word of other projects that are being kept under wraps uh, that haven't been introduced, but... James Gunn and Peter Safran take took to the the waves of the internet and uh, and dropped what they are planning for the next five to ten years. Would you say that's accurate? That's that's kind of the time frame they were talking about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they they, they they've dubbed it a chapter. So mm-hmm. how they're viewing it, what they call it, chapter one: gods and monsters. No, no, you didn't do it right. It's chapter one. Gods and monsters. There you go. <laughs> okay, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Those are for all my Lana Del Rey fans in the audience. Whoop, whoop, gods and monsters. It's the only, th- it's the first thing when I saw, that's what he called it. First thing that popped in my head, not the fact that there was a cartoon that they did call that, or it's been used constantly was this. Gods and monsters. First thing I'm that not, popped in my head. I'm heads. not familiar with that one. Well, so, are you a I'm fan of, uh, of the yeah. Hollywood uh, nepotism ghost herself? Sure, why not? Mm, okay. I, I think uh, Lana Del Rey is very funny uh, because she has that one song about like video games, about like oh, getting so... ready for a party and somebody playing video games, uh, or like her or boyfriend or whatever. But she uh, she pronounces she doesn't say video games she just said you play your video game like you know There's your one. grandma might say <laughs> if she was if you invited if she was taking care of you and she was like you here's some cookies you sit there and play your video game it's Mario Grandma don't be lame but it's a video game and that is technically your grandma is right it's just not it it's if it changes and your grandma doesn't notice then it's kind of lame. well look i don't know any of her other songs i just know and And when i saw that's what this was called i had to get that so there you go yeah well i feel like a lot of things have been called gods and monsters yeah but none of them stuck in my head like that one so there you go well apparently not Yep. Well, there you go. The deep cut for all you want to tell and I'm sure she has plenty after that fantastic uh, performance on Saturday Night Live. Was she on Saturday Night Live? I probably didn't watch it. Was she Ooh. on last night's episode? Is there something <laughs> no. I missed? No, I mean, it's it's from a while ago, but uh, I was, you know what? I don't want to spoil it. You just look it up. You tell me what you think. Okay, sounds good. Um, but, uh, yes, maybe based on the Lana Del Rey hit, God, Gods and Monsters. That's where that's, I think he got it from. 
Yeah, probably. James mm-hmm. Gunn is a is obviously a, a a a rabid devourer of all things pop culture, so it's uh it's highly likely, but also it does have a very real descriptive quality to the the slate that they have announced. Um, and before we really get into it, I want to just start off this with uh, by saying we've heard this kind of thing before. Uh, mm-hmm. We've heard a lot of studio heads come out and talk about a lot of plan, grand plans about movies and stuff and a slate that looks all the way 10 years in the future, only for that to be changed or edited or canceled or whatever. <laughs> this is like, after Marvel's success, this is not the first time, I mean, it's not the first time DC has d- tried to do this, but it's certainly not the first time another studio has tried, right? We had, with Universal, we had the uh, the old... The, dark the, universe. The dark universe where they're going to make their monster movies even darker. Yeah, and they I had guess. that the mummy movie with uh with Tom Cruise that, that was supposed to set it all up, introduced Russell Crowe as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Uh and that was supposed to spin off into all sorts of stuff. I, I think the first movie after that was supposed to be The Bride of Frankenstein, which was very so, as far as I know, it like post was almost about to start production when they canceled it yeah it's also it is kind of a weird jump though it is weird like you have you haven't like established the core set of universal monsters but you're just like oh here's the bride of frankenstein what happened to frankenstein well it's that's the scientist who made the monster you see what first mistake number one by you but also he's dead (laughs) the villagers really got him with his flames of the flames and the pitchforks now, the Bride of Frankenstein's out for revenge. I'm just guessing. I never heard anything about it. I don't know, but I was more enthralled with that than probably what it would have been. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, good. Please tell me more of this dark universe that you're pitching me, because that here's sounds a, pretty good. Here's a guess for you. Okay. I bet they take the entire movie to kind of hinting at where she got the big streak in her hair, the big white streak in her hair. That happens at the end. You know what I mean? She gets the big white streak, and everyone's like, yeah! Uh, <laughs> They're like, I don't know. This isn't my uh, Bride of Frankenstein until she gets that white streak. Oh my god, that was so metal. God. Oh man, it was a lightning bolt the whole time. I wish you know what? I wish I had Doctor Strange powers. Mm. Uh, I wish or, you did I too. Doctor Fate powers. I don't know. Uh, and I could just hop. Or I wish. I had the Flash's powers, and I could just hop between multiverses and go to a multiverse where the Dark Universe was was followed through on, and see all those great projects. I would love to see them all. I think that's where the Purge becomes real. So don't do that. Oh no, that's the same one. <laughs> I think it's the same one. Yeah, they come out with like the the creature from the Black Lagoon movie, and that just triggers people into. <laughs> that's it. The We're purging. purging. Yeah, yep. straight up. <laughs> This Black Lagoon movie sucks balls. Time for a purge. Every year from here on out. <laughs> Remember the creature of the Black Lagoon. I'll never. Yep, never mind. Yep. Not even to go there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, so they they had like they held a press briefing. Our invitations to this uh, press v- r- briefing may have gotten lost in the mail. You know, just hit yeah. us up. A- Pete. Pete and James, we're on yeah. first name basis. Just hit us up. We'll tell you our new address, uh, mm-hmm. where you can send those invites in the future. Uh, but we'll let this one slide. 
but that was accompanied by a YouTube presentation from the man himself, James Gunn, uh, detailing all the things they're going to be working on and trying to kind of also clear up some confusion because, as we pointed out before, there are several of this main line or what is currently the main line of the DC Studios slate of films. There, to There's still a few movies that need to come out. So we got a little bit of clarification on how that works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get Shazam. Yep, that's coming out. We just saw the new trailer for that. Which, if you ha- if you're excited to see Shazam and you haven't seen the new trailer, I recommend you do not watch it because it is the entire movie. Oh, it, they they pulled a one of those, huh? Oh yeah, it yeah. and it's in order. It's the entire oh, movie that- in order. And it has beats from every section of. It. I know exactly what's going to happen in this movie. I am. Com- I am. I bet. I'm not going to do it. But I bet if if we took the time, I could tell you how exactly that plot is going to go. And uh, and uh, they could. They have apparently one joke that they are very confident in. Okay. And that's Shazam yelling "Hey Khaleesi" before he punches a big old dragon that has Helen Mirren riding on it. Um. I've heard, I did, <laughs> what is this in reference to? Yeah. Uh, I've heard people, I've heard, I saw an article that said, hey, the Khaleesi joke is great. I don't know, that was in the title of the article. I didn't read any further because that made me so incensed. Uh, because it is not a good joke, in my opinion. Uh, it's also like, it feels like already so old. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, Khaleesi. It, it, yeah, I mean, maybe from when they were originally filming this. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's been delayed. Yeah, it's, it's been, been delayed, delayed a couple times. But now, yeah, it's 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 a stretch. That's a that's a grandma joke right there. It definitely. It's probably something that kids will like because they they probably haven't been allowed to watch Game of Thrones, but they've heard about it just in popular culture. I don't know. It feels like something you would see in a like a Despicable Me movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and that and then then it kills. Yeah, it's, with that uh, audience, it kills. Maybe that's the audience they're going to get for this movie, and that's why it's in there. Yeah, they're getting the the Despicable Me. They're finally old enough to get like a little super action, and they're going to get a, a Game of Thrones joke. So good for them. Okay, it's a, yeah. it's a it's a shame that they spoiled the movie in the trailer. I really don't like when movies do that. Uh, yeah, I'm not even really interested in seeing this movie. I like the first one. I thought the first one was fine, but I didn't yeah. really enjoy it all that much. Uh, I thought, it, I mean, it's it was fine. It was it was a breath of fresh air in a very dour DC universe at the time, and I think yes. it got a lot of lift from that. This new one, I don't know. It just doesn't, like, nothing about it grabs me or is interesting to me. Maybe it's just the bad taste left in my mouth like Black Adam. Seeing anyone with that uh, lightning bolt on their chest, I'm just not interested in it anymore. No! Yep. No more, no more lightning bolts. I, I, I have a weird Black Adam aside. Oh yeah, so, <laughs> let's yeah. let's dive into it. So I want to prove how generous I am. Okay, so I was at a um, local Walmart, okay. and my brother-in-law was like, "Hey, they got like a a, a Black Adam Funko Pop where it's like Hawkman and he has the little Hawkbird thing." He's like, "You gonna pick that up?" And I said, "You know." I want to reach out there and, and buy that immediately. But I'm going to leave it for the next person. 
so magnanimous. You you had the chance Mm -hmm. to get that coveted Hawkman Funko Pop. Yep. And you said, hey, you know what? This time, you know, I know people are going to be clamoring for it. Somebody, some parent out there is going to be wanting to buy that for their kid. And they're going to be searching everywhere and just coming up empty. And they're going to come upon this Walmart. And the the clouds will part. The rays of sunshine will shine down. And there is Hawkman's fun cup. I feel like... You're so generous. Thank you. Thank you. I, you know, felt like I did real good there. I felt yeah. like I, I did something I that was important. I I yeah. think you did. Yeah. Uh wow 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 okay well the, I mean I the, the hard to go on after that after just like I feel like we should just end it with a congratulations to you and your charity and and uh, you know you're obviously looking after L- other people putting other people first it's very admirable just like Thank Black you. Adam would do <laughs> <laughs> just like Black Adam would do just the classic Black Adam uh move um it's a BA move if I've seen one yep. Yep, right. That's what they call it. That's what the that's what all the kids are talking about these days. Um, but yeah, that's a great. That's fantastic. But yeah, we're still getting. So we're still getting uh, Shazam to Fury of the Gods. Those gods, those furious gods, being uh, played by the incomparable uh, Hela Mirren, and of course uh, the fantastic Lucy Liu making her way back to the big screen as a furious god. Or a dragon or something. I don't know. I don't know. Does she turn into the dragon? I think she turns into the dragon. Okay. All right. That's that's, that's my that's my guess from all the uh, stills I've seen of it. Because I don't think I've even, outside of the original teaser trailer, I've not watched anything else. And this isn't, you know, I'm being more generous by saving bandwidth, I guess. Um, it's not because I, 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 like, I, I want a really deep dive into this movie. It's just... hey it's i mean when it comes out on streaming i mean if i have nothing else to watch maybe (laughs) yeah so maybe it's a definite um maybe at some time if there isn't like a revisit i'm doing or something else that would definitely take up that time um Mm -hmm. but we'll see but that's not the only one we're also getting uh the flash that's right yeah we're we're going to be getting so i don't know the or i don't know the new order i know what i know what flash is going to do it's kind of what i was saying it was going to do but i don't know what other ones are coming out do you have that list yeah so how it's going to go is we get shazam 2 fury of the gods and that still takes place in the snyderverse uh, and then we're going to get the Flash, which, according to James Gunn, resets everything. After that, we get Blue Beetle, uh, and that will take place. And I guess this new world. And then Aquaman's coming out after after that, and that will also take place in the new world. Apparently. Well, I mean, uh, good good for Aquaman. Glad he survived. Maybe he just yeah dove real deep. Well, I think the what they're saying is that some characters will be played by the actors that they played them in the past, and some won't. So, again, I know they're trying to make things clearer. That kind of, even after them com- explaining it, it's, it is still a little bit confusing. 
And then when asked in an interview, when Peter Safran was uh, in an interview and they were asked about Aquaman uh, 3, Aquaman, maybe a sequel to the second Aquaman movie, um, uh, he said that, you know, Jason Momoa has always seen Aquaman as a three-part thing, so we may even be getting another standalone Aquaman movie starring Jason Momoa. That's certainly what was hinted. Um, one thing to note, Peter Safran mm. is a producer on the original Aquaman and the upcoming Aquaman. So, ah. yes, it's yeah, all okay. kind of making sense. Like, and he yeah, was a, a producer yeah. on uh, Shazam. Ah. Uh, so it does seem one of the things that I noticed in, when they announced all this stuff is it does seem like the the projects that the, these two creatives were involved with very much are making the transition. <laughs> yeah. They're taking their little old pet projects with them, which I can understand. Yeah. Why uh, not? I mean, arguably the more successful projects out of the last regime and the previous regime's choice as well. Yeah. Yeah. You can't argue theater. with the numbers. Yeah. You can. Peacemaker was phenomenal and did gangbusters for them. And so you can, yep. And, you know, the Suicide Squad, I think, did very well, just given the whole pandemic thing, too. So kind of makes sense to bring some of those worlds along. Um, and yeah. like, and I think when we talked about it, I said they could use the Flash to reset it. And it sounds like that's what they're doing. Yeah. And they were asked about uh, Ezra Miller's future as the Flash. And they were very cagey about that. They said, hey, well, let's just see what happens. Let's just uh, obviously there was no new Flash projects announced, but clearly they're going to use Flash as like the turning point. Um, then they asked, "Hey, was there a lot of reshoots that were necessary in in films like Aquaman and Blue Beetle to make sure that they fit in with your new vision?" And they said, "Not necessarily." They said that these movies always kind of stood alone; they don't really have a lot of connections to the larger universe as it as it uh, stands now. And they also were like, "We had." they had influence or at least they had input on the scripts and stuff before these movies were shot. Uh, before we knew all this stuff was happening, they were able to put input in there. So there is. They're going least... to poochie this shit. It's just going to be a <laughs> title card. Blue beetle in the new universe. And then that's going <laughs> to. Yeah. I mean, the, the way that we'll be able to tell is that anything outside of the main continuity the, the continuity that they are establishing will be referred to as elseworlds which is a great use of it which is That's a good idea i really yeah. support this idea i think marvel should have done something like this to give them space to tell stories that are outside of their sort of like major continuity um i don't think it will mean anything to anybody outside of comics so i think that doing like a doing some sort of pr blitz to educate the public about what these differences are would be beneficial but as a comics fan i'm on board well i mean it's the thing they were talking about when they did the um matt reeves batman and when they did the joker they were talking about they were just going to tell different batman stories joker stories and they were, and those would just be not a part of their main thing when they were doing it originally, but they had this perfect Elseworld wrapper that they never bothered the frame it in. And then they just 
you know, Gun and Saffron comes here and be like, hey, we'll just call this Elseworlds. Handshakes, let's go get hoagies. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's such a, it's just a smarter way to just say, yeah, these films were stupid popular, but we have no good way of putting them into our universe. So we'll just Elseworld it. And Yeah, which is great. Well. I hope yeah. that they continue with this. I hope that this doesn't just be a way that they can kind of make these vestigial popular properties okay and then they never make another Elseworlds. You know what I mean? I hope that they no, they you. continued to to take advantage of this distinction and, and you know, creatively mine both. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Like, maybe, I don't, you know, they're talking about doing that Constantine 2. Yeah. You know, with, throw that in Elseworlds. Why not? Absolutely. Don't, you know. no reason to, to try to, to, to bring that into the universe that you're creating. Let that be its own thing. Um, and yeah, like really go sick. Just go give us crazy versions of everything. I love that. I mean, I would even take, I know it's like diluting the Batman waters a little bit, but if you want to do Gotham by Gaslight with a third Batman, I'm in for it. Yeah, <laughs> I'd watch it. it. Yeah. I'd at least watch it and be like, oh no, you should have never done that. But well, least, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that can't always be a home run. Yeah, you know, I mean, they had to pad that out. That's like, like, that's like a tight 40 minute episode or something not like a yeah <laughs> two that's hour fair long movie but yeah no i think this is a, a good refrain and that way you don't have to worry about like hey wait a minute why isn't battenton in you know their new movies but like, well it's an else world you see so it's fine yeah and i think that again they'll have to come out and like explain to people a little bit what that means but i think that's totally doable it'll be interesting to see what sort of effect having two different batmans running concurrently if that indeed happens i mean this is batman 2 the batman 2 the elseworlds movie is coming i think a lot sooner than any other batman will get so who knows what happens between now and then but i do hope that they continue creating content for it i think that'll be interesting and uh you know maybe that's how aquaman 3 gets made although the way that they the way that they have it coming out aquaman 3 just might morph into this new world and they just won't acknowledge the past one i'm not sure or you know there's the title card bumper in the flash that kind of explains everything um, right you know, I don't, like if they're not really reshooting it, but it is the it is the if you're gonna reset anything, having the Flash do it makes the most sense. So yeah, so it's basically Flashpoint confirmed, right? Yep. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Both Peter Safran and James Gunn have nothing but good things to say about the Flash movie. Uh, they say it's. I mean, James Gunn has gone as far as to say uh, it's one of his favorite or one of the best superhero movies he's ever seen. Uh, so bold, bold at, words, bold, bold words. words from someone who is, has made many superhero <laughs> movies, yes. but, uh, but I guess you can take his word for it. But, uh, the first thing that, uh, we'll be getting is a TV project from this new universe called Creature Commandos, which is written by James Gunn. And, uh, we got to see a little title card of that and how they're going to design the, the characters. And, uh, I mean, whatever. I'm not. I can't say I'm super excited to to hear that. I have no real connection to the creature commandos myself. It just keeps kind of seems like a way for James Gunn to get the weasel uh, back into something. 
He's just <laughs> trying to keep his brother employed. That's okay. <laughs> do you think he's going to do the voice? Yeah, he has to. He has yeah. to. What else yeah, is he yeah. doing, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh... I do love this sort of like, okay, you give me the keys to the kingdom, and I'm of course I'm going to keep doing the stuff that I like to do. And I think that, again, we don't know if all of these things will come out, but I do appreciate uh, that they are kind of letting them go weird with this initial slate. Because there are some like heavy hitters on this list, but also there are some, some real head scratchers, so... Uh, I just wanted to. I, I'm. Let's talk about things in like in terms of what kind of media they are from now on. I just wanted to mention Creature Commandos at the gate because that'll be the first thing that we see that is part of this new continuity, supposedly. Yep, yep. You 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 drive the car. I will sit and tell humorous jokes about what I'm seeing on the side of the road. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I kind of ordered these from like. I don't know. There's no real order here. So we'll just talk about them in the, the order I wrote them down. Um, but first things first, the only project that has a definitive launch date besides the Creature Commandos is the movie. We'll talk about movies first. But the movie, uh, James Gunn is writing this movie and will likely direct it if rumor is to be believed. It's called uh, Superman Legacy. It's coming out in 2025. And it will be based on the works of uh, Frank Quietly. Um, if you're familiar with comics, it was a great little b- run that he uh, did. But um, yeah, it's going to be a much more optimistic Superman, according to Gunn. And the it won't have like a big bad, uh, so far as we know. But it'll be more so how Superman operates as a as a beacon of uh, hope and positivity in a world that is increasingly not those hopeless and and uh, you know uh, toxic perfect that's exactly what Superman should be yeah it sounds like a it'll focus on a younger Superman it's one of the reasons why Henry Cavill was not uh, recast in this way um one of the things that really struck me about this announcement, and I've read a few articles that are talking about it afterwards, was how candid both James Gunn and Peter Safran were, uh, both in their announcements and in the the interviews they did following up to it. And they said, I mean, James Gunn literally came out when he asked by Henry Cavill, he was like, yeah, I thought he was really dicked around by the former regime here at <laughs> DC Studios. And uh, good on him. I don't think I've ever heard a corporate presentation where someone was that candid about how they felt. Uh, yeah, it it is definitely in a bold contrast to you know how Marvel typically does their thing. Kevin Feige plays everything very close to the fest, and you know you you'll learn when you're meant to learn. In this yeah. instance, I think there's just so much baggage that you just kind of have to contend with. Being honest and candid is a it's a bold move, but I think it's the right move with this. It's just like, no, stop rumors before rumors spread. Let's like put everything to bed and let's just call it out. This has just been, you know, like chaos for so long that there wasn't, you know, there wasn't a focus to this and you have these wonderful characters. We're going to put a focus to it. So yeah, I appreciate the candidness to be honest. Yeah. 
And I think one of his first interviews, he said, the DC universe has been fucked up for a really long time. And he used that language. And he said, it's like, we agree. I agree. I'm glad to hear you say that. That gives me a lot of confidence in what you're planning on doing with the, with, you know, your, your new role as co-CEOs of DC Studios. uh, If you have this, this point of view. And I think there are probably people who would disagree. I think people, there's, I mean, we know there's a lot of people who like the whole Snyder run uh, as the sort of major domo of the of DC film properties. But um, it was just, it was refreshing to hear that that them being very honest about their feelings about it. Um, so we're getting a new Superman, and it's going. It sounds great. I can't wait. And 2025 is a long time, but I just, you know, it sounds fantastic. I'll I'll take it. And I, one afterthought with it, no big bag, bad, that's great. Because that tip, it it kind of like, it it kind of highlights one, a a quote I read from Gunn. And I think this is overall, like looking at this list kind of strikes me that this is the, uh, the quote where he's going. He said, you can't be telling the same good guy, bad guy, giant thing in the sky, good guy win story again. You need to tell stories that are more morally complex. You need to tell stories that just that don't just pretend to be different genres, but actually are different genres. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, finding someone for Superman the fight is really tough. You're going to get a few lists but everyone's kind of tired of the lex luthers everyone's kind of tired you know don't want another zod thing so yeah just have him helping people and being the the bright beacon that he's supposed to be i think is a great way to launch pat a a new universe agreed and uh i think that then you can kind of lay the groundwork with that one movie and then you can have him fight brainiac or whatever in the next exactly um but uh that's not the only super person we're getting we're also getting a Supergirl movie uh, called Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow uh, based on the run of comics by Tom King. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were very clear that this is sort of like a tonal inspiration, these comics that I'm mentioning, and not necessarily like a direct adaptation, which is also fun, I think. I think taking sort of the versions of characters that you find in comics that you love, telling new stories with it is a good idea. It's sort of instead of kind of handcuffing yourself self to a single story that people will be able to put holes or poke holes in and and you know be disappointed in for reasons that are outside of your control because their expectations are more something and you're giving them something else. But uh, so that sounds interesting. Um, yeah, it's, it's gonna good be. Run. Yeah, it's a good run. It's gonna yeah. be an interesting to see what they take the elements they take from that um, to do their own Supergirl story. Um. Another uh, very interesting choice. Uh, he also announced uh, a movie based on The Authority, the super group The Authority, which was, I think, maybe the start of kind of the really interesting diversions that they're going to end up taking. What, how did this hit you? I don't, I'm don't. i not a huge The Authority fan, so this oh, was I, a surprise I, to me. So I absolutely love The Authority. It is mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite comic series, fairly modern comic series to come out of it, just because of how polarizing it was. And the different, you know, they're, they're, they're different takes on heroes that we knew um, from 
both Marvel and DC, and it was just a, a, a lovely group of heroes that just did things by any means necessary. And it really, I think, spawned off all the different takes that you've been getting, the boys and everything else, I really do think were inspired by. The, the grittier sort of superhero uh takes yeah not you know a little bit more nihilistic superhero approach to things They're like we're trying to save you but we will you know gut who we need the gut and we'll kill who we need to kill but kind of do what's best for you all type of thing and this is the you know this is this is the perfect team to get you your gritty hero fix like if you're a snyder fan and you want like the murderous group of heroes that you think are the justice league, the, the authority are for you because all the parallels are there. And, um, that's, that's what they're meant to be. Um, yeah. so it's, I mean, it is still an interesting choice. It's obvious gun. It's obvious that gun is a big fan of the authority. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. and a lot of this is just things that he likes. So, which isn't bad. You know, it's a, it's a different way to do it. So it'd be nice to see these characters materialized in the DCU since uh, they are a part of the DC universe now, since Wildstorm got bought by DC many moons, I think 20 years ago at this point. Yeah, I wonder if that's the, the idea. Like, this is, are they using the ba uh, the authority as sort of a backdoor pilot to bring in more Wildstorm stories and heroes? I think so. I mean, you you could definitely do like this will sound maybe crazy, but you could definitely do like a Wildcats TV show, right? Yeah, you know, something that just kind of brings in like this weird. Oh, there's these aliens who are among us that are super old, and they are part of this war that happened, and just could be totally interesting uh, from that. And some of the other probably more popular Wildstorm characters could make it their way or you could have grifter show up in a batman you know movie if you really wanted to at this point so i think it's a good way to test the waters and also uh and i think rightly so shove a lot of wokeness into people's faces so i think the characters of the authority are very polarizing for all the right reasons and I mean, I love Apollo and Midnighter. Yeah, interesting though, right? Because Apollo and Midnighter are sort of like reflections of Batman and Superman. Exactly. So it is it is interesting to be they're making both Batman and Superman movies, and then they are having this team that are sort of a parody of the Justice Leagues or a pastiche of the Justice League. Yeah, I'd go pastiche. Yeah, not yeah. yeah, right. Parody's not the right word, but yeah. certainly like it is. There's a lot of thematic similarities. Now, who we don't know what how they'll handle it when it's in the movie. Uh, and we're not go ahead. I was gonna say we're not even necessarily sure what version of the authority that we'll be getting. So yeah, maybe Apollo Midnighter don't make the cut, but you know if you have the engineer Hawksmore and a bunch of others, they could make the cut, or it could even be. Uh, pulling in some of the, you know, pulling in like Hawk Woman and making right. her remember the authority. Who knows what Martian type Man of... Hunter. Exactly. Who knows exactly what version we're getting, but, you know, tonally it's just, 
different. Like, I mean, look, I want Jenny Sparks, but technically she can't be there. Right. Um, so I'll take Jenny Quantum, I guess. That's all good. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, it, it'll be interesting to see how they position this, this team, because I imagine the goal is always to get to your big team up movie eventually, you know, 10 years down the road or whatever. Uh, and when you do justice league, so is setting up the authority, a good way to set up a, a potential foil for the justice league? Or are they allies? Could they be a former regime that needs to be replaced by these more optimistic heroes? Very interesting to see how they weave that into the overall narrative, because that, of course, is one of their big goals, is that they want everything to have a single narrative to take place in the same universe and to be a part of a larger story, much like Marvel is doing now. So the one of the interesting things that they have said is that even video games need to be canon under the the James Gunn era. And that, I see, is maybe the first thing that falls away. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't, right? Like, that is too... That's too difficult because, you. I mean, we know. Making, yeah. game, making games ain't easy. And then trying and to hit... And they're slow. They're slow. Like, I mean, I guess you're giving yourself enough lead time. Like, if you were to start now, by the time you'd have, like, a bigger tentpole movie that you'd probably want to base a game off of that would tell something, maybe you'd get it in 2027 at this point, uh, depending on how big and you want to go. Yeah, maybe you don't, like, because what I'm thinking is a lot of people have said this in the past, uh, the the original people that said this, as far as my memory goes, is uh, the Wachowskis. Uh, when the Matrix was in its heyday, they said that we're going to put out Matrix games. They're all going to be canon, and they're all going to connect different parts of the movie. And we saw how that went. That I mean, it was an ambitious idea, but it's very hard to pull off. Not to mention, like, the the extra money you have to pay for likeness and approval and getting these characters to be people to maybe voice characters means you probably have less budget to actually develop the games. Uh, I don't know. This feels to me like this is going to be nigh impossible to do in a sustainable way. I, may, I see maybe, like, one, there's, like, a Superman game that is released with a Superman movie that contains all the actors and stuff and it comes out and I mean, depending on how well it does, that mean that will determine if any more games get made in that fashion. <laughs> yeah, like I don't yeah, I wouldn't do I mean you couldn't do like here's a Superman movie and here's a Superman game that is based off of that movie. It would have if you wanna tie it into the narrative, then it itself would have to be like it's not only its own standalone story, but probably not even focusing on those characters. Cause I'm sure you'd want to save some of that shit for the next movie. So right. it would, it would take a lot of architecting to make it even remotely make sense. And you would have to have incredible confidence and foresight in your slate and the actors cast and all that stuff in order for it to work, because you could start the video game production now uh, but you have to know that the movie, the like the movie and casting changing will be more nimble 
than video game development can account for, I think. Yeah. And I think that this is a very easy thing for somebody in leadership to say. And I think if you don't have a video game development experience, you probably don't understand how, what you're really asking for. So that's my, that's why my guess is this is the first thing that's going to be kind of like rethought as the, as the ball gets rolling. Yeah, especially when I'm sure they're going to be going to their different different studios who you'd probably want making this stuff and be like, yeah, I know sure, you're just yeah. doing the Suicide Squad game, but now we're going to need you to do this. And <laughs> I mean, right. you know, Rocksteady kind of just, when they make a game, the game's ready when the game is ready. It's not, <laughs> they're not exactly. necessarily a studio that's known for like, oh, th- every three years we pump something out. Um, same as NetherRealm. I mean, they NetherRealm hasn't even announced what their next fighting game is. And it's been like two years since people have been waiting for it because it, it's been MK11 was the last one and that game's been out a long time now. So, yeah, these aren't studios that are known to being fast. And I'm sure you're going to want like a yeah super high fidelity with the st- stories that you're telling. Or maybe you oh, don't, yeah. but like... It's not easy. I wouldn't, I would find it easier to do something like that is if you had no preconceived notions and you were just starting everything truly from scratch and roughly at the same time, but that never works and that, that never works in the game world, but you know, more power to you if you get it. Yeah. I mean, like there's, just because it's never been done before doesn't mean it can't be done at all. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what they come out with. Hold our opinions until they actually come out. But um, who knows? I mean, I think a NetherRealm game makes sense because you could literally, you design, you could work on the fighting and all that stuff for a long time before you actually start putting the story in. But, you know, those uh, cutscenes are getting more and more in-depth and pricey and, and spectacular. So... Again, we'll just have to see. But uh, that kind of leads us into the other huge movie uh, announced during this this uh, event, which is, of course, Batman the Brave and the Bold. Uh, introducing this, the DCU, the DC Studios version of Batman, not the Elseworlds, ba- the Batman, but uh, the mainline continuity Batman. And... He mentions bringing in the Bat family, focusing more on the Bat family. So we're going to start with a brand new Robin that we haven't ever seen uh, in a lot of media, or at least we haven't seen in movies, certainly to this point. Mm -hmm. We're going to get Mm -hmm. Damian Wayne, Bruce Wayne's real son with Talia al Ghul, the miniature like 12-year-old assassin Robin. Uh, And it'll be a movie about the struggles of Batman trying to like train his, his, uh, his wayward son and, uh, the, the scrapes and scraps they get into. Uh, interesting. I mean, yeah, I'm for it. I mean, it's bypassing a few things, right? Cause what happens when a Batman movie comes out? The next question is where's Robin? Yep. Right. Everyone's already like, I need Robin. I need Robin in this mix. Well, here's Robin. Um, obviously feels like we're not going to be getting really, uh, and I'm happy for this, the standard, uh, origin story, 
because at this yeah. point everyone knows it. So yeah, let's just start us off with an established Batman who has his Robin, and you know maybe explain that origin of his upbringing so that way Damian Wayne can be a more uh, you know more prominent note. I mean he's he's huge in the comics. Everyone loves him in the comics. Oh yeah, he's uh, been a, a great. I mean James Gunn said he's his favorite Robin. Uh, and so having that, having the very, a very cool, hot new character, uh, in the worlds of comics come over to the big screen makes a lot of sense. Having a sort of 30 year old, 35 year old Batman having to, to kind of rein in a, a, a tiny assassin, <laughs> I think will be, a, will lead to some interesting storytelling. Um, agreed. And if they are indeed, again, basing it on some Frank Quietly comics doing that, you know, are we going to get gray and blue Batman? I kind of hope so. I, I, I'm I secretly hoping for that. I, I'm not going to hold my breath, but I'm hoping for a, yeah, a gray and blue. Just give me like the, the Batman colors I've been looking for for the longest time and I'll be, I'll, I'll be happy. And, It'd be a good way to di- differentiate itself from the Batman, the gritty uh, the Batman. Yeah, a, a, a million times that. And also, the title. The title does a lot, like using the brave and the bold. It, it dr- sort of sets the tone, right? Yeah. They're gonna, we're, we're going to be expecting something that that is a little more lighthearted than we're used to seeing Bat- from Batman, maybe. Maybe, or at least, or at least visually. Maybe a little bit more lighthearted. Maybe it's still like, I mean, Damian Wayne is not one to be trifled with. So true. There's going to be a fair amount of murder in it. If Damian Wayne is involved, (laughs) I think. Yeah. Or definitely a lot of attempted murder. (laughs) Right. He's going to be, he's going to be holding him up by the scruff of his neck while he's just trying to slice someone in half. Yeah, so, hey, Damien, you gotta stop. Just one more, father. (laughs) I almost got him. I'm gonna chop his head off. Woohoo! I'm a crazy assassin, kid. (laughs) Yeah, well, Batman's the brave, and Damien Wayne is the bold uh, in terms of his lethality. But, uh, and we have talked about it a little bit, but also during uh, during this whole thing, the Batman 2 was confirmed. It's, of course, we'll live in the Elseworlds world, but glad to know that uh, Matt Reeves is getting another crack at the character. Yeah, it's um, the only other date, I think, that was announced. I indeed. Guess. Right, yeah. So. so that'll be coming in the future. Is exciting, and apparently the Penguin show is still a go. Sure. Uh, that will also be Elseworlds uh, adjacent. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll be interested to see what this show is, sans Batman. But yeah, um, I mean, he better show up at least once. I hope so. Just give me one. Just, just give me. One. One. I need some of that Batman methadone. The Batman methadone. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> just, back just, in my life. just a quick fix. Come on, Matt Reeves, hook a brother up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Give me some Batman. <laughs> Well, the, the mention of the Penguin show kind of dovetails nicely into our next category, because that's all the movies that were announced. Well, Again, Swamp Thing was awesome. Of course, announced. I forgot Swamp Thing! Well, everyone does. <laughs> so. Yeah. 
Uh, not surprising. Again, this was a this was the monsters portion, right, of the gods and monsters, along with creature commandos. I suppose. Well, it's kind but, of both, but yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess he is. Yeah, he's the god. He's a god of the green. Yep. And so. uh, and also a bit of a monster, I guess, depending on how you look at him. But um, yeah, Swamp Thing is coming back. Uh, I was a big. I was always a big, huge Swamp Thing fan when I was a kid, and he's not even green. from the comics. Right, exactly. You know me well. He's green, so automatically he's top of the charts. Yeah. Uh, well, was it from the cartoon show, or was it from the the 80s movie? It was from the 80s movie and okay. the live action show. Oh, uh, yeah. That's and right. the cartoon. Okay. Uh, and especially the toys. I really loved the toys. I had, like, a color-changing swamp thing. Oh, uh, yeah. I had the yeah, one I that, that guy did... Yeah, I, I, that one because he went from like green to brown, I think. Yep, it wasn't a good, it wasn't a great color change. And then, but it was like camouflage swamp thing, and I was like, hell yes. But then you think about it, you're like, and he already camouflaged. I was like, like wait a minute, that's his whole deal. <laughs> My favorite one was the one that you'd push the button on the back, and his limbs would go all loose, and he'd turn into like a pile. So you'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like. Yep. Ah, take this motherfucker, and then he'd come spring right back to life. You're like, oh, you got Swamp Thing. He was just a pile with a face, a creepy face staring directly into your soul, <laughs> but he was there. Now he's just a pile of greens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That's yeah. Funny. Yeah. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I loved it. I loved the, even though this, the TV series only went for like, I don't know, like two or three years, um, uh, love that. Love the original movie with Adrian Barbo. And of course, as you mentioned, the comics, it's cool to see it come back again. I'm trying to piece together in my head how this could be building a larger narrative. And I assume it will. Maybe the Swamp Thing in this version is more of like the god, the elemental god that he is in the current DC comics. I can see that being very interesting. I mean, um, I, I feel like it's just kind of giving you a taste of each one of the major quadrants of um of the dc universe because like you know you have the brave and the bold so you're getting your more like tech focused thing you get your superman so you're getting your like action adventure superman-y type of thing and then you know super uh supergirl is being kind of denoted as like a science fiction fiction type of run so swamp thing just feels like it's your mystical and world encompassing and you'll get a taste of that in the authority as well, because one of the characters is uh, the doctors often referred to as like Earth's shaman type of thing. So maybe so maybe we'll there. see like we'll see the, the in Swamp Thing we'll see things setting up for Zantana, uh, uh, Constantine, the demon yeah. Etrigan, you know. Oh man, I would love to see. The, <laughs> I would love to see the demon Etrigan. Yeah, a, a Doctor Fate that doesn't take his helmet off every Oh, great. That would minute. be so good. And then die in one movie. Yeah. Uh, great. Yeah. yeah, great use of a fantastic character. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting. Uh, it'll really be interesting to see how these kind of are woven together. Um, and uh, is Swamp Thing the elemental god, or is it like... Or is it more of the the protector of the swamp and the sort of environmentalist angle, or is it all of the above? 
Uh, I'm here for anything. I like, I think, you know, Swamp Thing has a very iconic, cool design for being just like a bunch of roots. Um, and so, uh, I'm always, and he, as you mentioned, he's green, so I'm, I'm here for it. It'll be my favorite of all these, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, you're like, well, I'm a little biased here, but he's green, so he's already ahead of the curve. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe we'll see. Uh, Here's okay. This other TV project, the first miss for me. You know, I how I feel about prequels, John. Uh, yeah. And Paradise Lost is a very prequely prequel. It's about Themyscira before Wonder Woman was even born. And I have to ask, why? Who cares? <laughs> Did they try this already? Did they try this with Superman? They did the show about Krypton. And everyone's like, who cares? And it's canceled. Yeah, but it, well, not only who cares, but it's canceled, but it also still didn't feel like it tied into the, the greater narrative of their sure. movies. So it was just, you know, after a while, they're like, uh, Lobo shows up. And uh, who else could, you know, Brainiac is here too. And he's, he's green. <laughs> and they go to the future. <laughs> go to the future. And it's, we see people we know. And you're just like, oh, yeah, this doesn't work. It, this is just a. This just strikes me as this was when they were talking about it a few years ago, they were talking about a Themyscira TV show. So even before this, they were going like, yeah, well, we'll it'll take place on Paradise Island. It'll be super cool. And I just was like, well, we got a one island show that lasted like a few seasons. And then they did a bunch of movies off of it. And that was Gilligan's Island. <laughs> Like, I don't picture, I don't know how much you can do on Themyscira without, like, conflict from the outside world. Um, yeah. I I just, like, like it, there's nothing wrong with Themyscira, and it's it could be very interesting if they do it right. It could be a whole just, like, political intrigue, and uh, it could be a very affecting drama. Um, I have no problems with it sort of from a thematic and uh, fiction standpoint. Uh, I just, I'm just done with prequels. I don't, like, I feel like Wonder Woman is maybe the most interesting thing about Thermoscara, and it's like, before her, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's less, I don't know, I think, overtly, if you think about it, you're like, yeah, it's less important, but then I think there is something to be said about laying the groundwork for Wonder Woman. Or explaining that, or Ares, a, a proper version of Ares, and sure, everything could, else can kind of true. originate from this. They could and, set up the Pantheon for DC Universe at large in a way that uh, a show featuring Wonder Woman would be distracting, because you would just be like, who cares, let's get back just, to what Wonder Woman is up to. Yeah, give me all Wonder Woman all the time. And there's also no preconceived, this is me not trying to figure the show out but like there's also at least no preconceived notions right we don't really know what takes place on this show and what it's establishing so it's just kind of like okay i guess if it adds more to the overall narrative i'm for it in, in that sense and yeah you know like oh look there's the lasso of truth you know, and then you'd be like, oh, okay, well, she won't be getting that for another 2,000 years or whatever. Yeah, well, he's not born, so uh, right. co and the, cool to see it, I guess. 
And I mean, I guess that's when you end the show is when Wonder Woman's uh, born or created, depending on which origin story you want to go with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, eh, like, I mean, it's not it's not high on my list, but uh, give me a, a, a fantasy TV show that I actually want to watch. I'm for it because I'm definitely that's not, a good point. Yeah. You know, it's uh that's always fun and having it sort of tangentially related to the larger universe is interesting so you know do they does abon sir come down and is there green lanterns uh in here too do they do they bring in the larger sort of uh pre-existing dc universe is that something interesting that they try to mine maybe maybe i don't know Uh, know. it's not about that i guess so why would you why would you bother well, I mean, that's it. I I think it's inspired by that Phil Jimenez and George Perez run that I've never read, which was like oh, Paradise yeah. Island either. Lost, which okay. I should as a George Perez fan. Okay, I'll go check that out. I'll report back to be like, yeah, I can see this being a show. Yeah. There you go. Um, we're also getting Waller, uh, the Amanda Waller. Uh, TV show that will be coming to HBO Max, and uh, this will take place sort of in the James Gunniverse between seasons one and two of Peacemaker, who also will be, you know, surviving whatever Flashpoint style changing event will happen. So, does that mean I don't know? Will they address it? Will someone be like, "Hey, you look different"? I can't quite tell why. Yeah, who knows? This is who now. Knows? See, this is the one that I'm like. I really dug uh, Viola Davis' like portrayal of Amanda Waller. Yeah, I hated... Viola Davis can very much do no wrong in my mind. Yeah, but I hated the fact that like Task Force X, by some weird extension, was like Shield. Yeah, or that's how that they were using her in the larger DC like continuity of films. Yeah, it didn't make sense. It never made sense because that's not their bag like at all like i mean come on they use criminals to they force criminals to do good things by putting bombs in their heads and if they do well they get some time off of their sentence if they don't they get their heads exploded it's just kind of like or they just die due to the mission not a great group so my hope for this series is it kind of shifts more into like really what task force x or however you want to put it, like the Suicide Squad, into making it closer to its comic portrayal because they shouldn't be seen as, you know, the, the connective tissue in that regards. Yeah, there's no... in If you're a comic fan, there's no situation unless it's like an Earth, like, universe-ending event where Superman and Amanda Waller are friends. Uh, they are almost always... And like uh, enemies, and yeah. Amanda Waller is is kind of like an enemy in a lot of situations in the in the comics universe. Yeah, she's not a good person. I would I would say that she does what needs what she feels needs to be done because they are in a land of gods and monsters now. So she does what she needs to do to make sure that we're all okay. But it's not the same as. You know, Nick Fury putting a group together or anyone else. So, I I mean, obviously, look, Peacemaker Season 1 was a much-needed show 
in 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 the world at the time. It was immensely delightful. So if it kind of brings that tonally, it's great. But I'm I, I'm hoping that it definitely does shift a little bit of focus away from like you call Waller when you have a problem, or she yeah shows up and it's just more like establishing like this the the this quadrant of the dc universe yeah interesting to see how that shakes out how it generates interest and and becomes its own show that has plot points i care about uh especially considering it's sort of where it takes place and like i don't know when it's going to be released but the like do i need to know what happens between Peacemaker season one and two. I don't feel like I do now, but I guess Waller could change my mind. I don't know. I, yeah. I too am not thrilled about that announcement. Uh, I, but I think I'll, I, I'm looking forward to seeing Viola Davis more in that role and having, giving her a little bit more to do. Sure. Uh, we've only seen her as like, she's just like disappointed in people and that's it pretty much. Uh, that's her, been her character arc so far. Uh, so adding a little more texture there, adding a, it really depends on what the show is about. I guess I don't know. I don't know. I, there's so much. I'm not sold on it yet, but I, I'm willing to be sold on it. Yeah, and I mean, I think the the reservation here is that there's no longer like the Snyder verse to kind of contend with now. So right. it sets different expectations in the Snyder verse. You tell me that there was going to be a Waller show with Peacemaker and all that, I'd be all for it because I know that will be generally entertaining. And I'm not saying right. that this won't even be entertaining, but now given kind of the new context and maybe new tonal shift to how they're trying to establish this, it's a it's a weird choice. So if you're going to stick with it, yeah, it's like I'm hoping that they just kind of go a little bit more to that comic book roots and um less about making them like the the heroes heroes that yeah it right. felt like it was always trying to make them so a little sus yeah. a little sus a little a little un, unsure about that one but we'll see um of course uh they mentioned in in the the elseworlds canon teen titans go will still exist uh, whether they didn't, I don't think they announced any specific projects around that, but that that still is in considered Elseworld, so they might be doing something with that as well. Cool. Um, I assume all the other DC shows are getting the X. Well, yeah, I mean, so the only one that is getting another season or two is the Superman show that's out now, and that is, but they can't Superman and Lois. Yeah. But that one seemed to be kind of based off of what CW is picking up. And, you know, CW got bought out by another group. So they've just been canceling all the DC shows. You know, The Flash is last season's now. So yeah. they don't picture that Superman show lasting more than another season or two, just kind of given the CW's new direction. Sure. And I, I imagine from James Gunn's and Peter Safran's perspective, they'd want that sort of confusion out of there as soon as possible. Yeah. Uh, strangely not... enough, mm. Gotham Knights still <laughs> slated to be released. Yeah. I, uh, uh, 
and it's then I think so about it, bizarre, like, John. Don't yeah, you think? Like yeah. the fact they they canceled all these things, they they all this cost saving stuff, and then we still have this show that I, as far as I can tell, nobody is excited about. Well, I mean, people on the show probably are. I don't know. Probably, I don't know yeah. About that. Um, yeah. Again, I think it's just because it's tied up with the CW. Maybe they're they're like contractually obligated to pump out a season of it, or they're gonna wait and see. But I don't know if I was them, I'd have been like, "Yeah, can we uh, put that on the uh, cutting room floor?" Because yeah, I mean, they got I, rid, they're getting rid of Titans finally. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I would say R.I.P. But maybe, maybe we're like good riddance to mm. the Titans. Yeah, bonk bonk. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It is just it is just so bizarre though that this that Gotham Knights is still going forward. I saw a little bit of uh, promotional material from it the other day, and it's like uh, high resolution pictures released of Harvey Dent and Joker's daughter, and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> here let me check it out. Yep, it's a guy in a suit and a young woman. Cool. <laughs> I'm just like, what am I supposed to take from this? Oh, it seems like it seems like cringe personified, John. I don't 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 know what to think about it. But of course, yeah. they did not mention it during this thing, so they apparently are maybe just going to let it die on the vine. I'm I I would, I would yeah. like I would I do that thing at the end of Blade where uh, you know he's taking care of that bonsai tree, and then after Whistler was dead, but you know apparently he'll come back in the next movie. He pulls it out and he cuts the root. And right. it's just like, yeah, that's what I do with Gotham Knights. I just, and just hope it never comes back. Yep. <laughs> Pull it out, cut it, cut it off by the root. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, make sure it never grows again. Um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I would say I would, I'll let you know how what I think, but I am not planning on watching that show. So yeah, I, have, <laughs> I, have, I have no no interest. Yeah. I'll just read the recap on io9 or something. Uh, but there is an ex- a show that I'm quite excited about. If not a little bit apprehensive about, uh, based on the the few plot de- details that have been provided to us, uh, that is a show called Lanterns, uh, and it is about the Green Lanterns. They're gonna give the old Green Lantern another crack at it after the the very maligned and and bad Ryan Reynolds vehicle, um, and this will be a true detective style show. Uh, with Hal and John, uh, Stewart, the, the Earth's lanterns, doing solving crimes on Earth. Well, that's good, right? Because they are the protector of Earth sector. So right, the whole damn sector, though. <laughs> yeah, gonna spend, this is going to be a very Earth-based show, which I was surprised to hear. Yeah, I mean it's cheap, right? It's a TV show. It's cheap to keep yeah. everything there. Listen, if they cast two people that have like fantastic chemistry and they're solving like super crimes on Earth, that could be very cool. Uh so, I don't know. Uh sure. I I would rather have the I to me the Green Lantern has always been a sci-fi property. Uh which is not necessarily true in the old comics. He was very much Earth-based and just Dealing with yellow helicopters, and various all the time, all various the... yeah, just like yellow colored things that his his uh land, his power ring just could not handle. 
could not interact with. Um, but, uh, yeah, so interesting. We saw a little piece of art. I don't really know how close that will be to final, but it, that it looked pretty cool. Oh, I haven't even seen that piece of art. I just saw the two lists. So, uh, just saw the list, but I, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm actually kind of cautiously optimistic if they mm-hmm. would have been like, so this is going to lanterns is going to be like Barney Miller. With the Green Lantern Corps. Then I'd be like, ooh, I love Barney Miller, but no, you can't do that. But then when they were like, <laughs> it's true detective, I said, oh, cool, because it could like have like this weird true detective X-Files type of vibe that they could be doing yeah. with them solving. And it could be interesting. And depending on what network or where it shows up, you know, the the power levels you know how they visualize the green lantern powers and stuff like that could be pretty cool if if used sparingly because they don't really have to probably use their powers too often and the fact that you have both hal jordan and john stewart and maybe even a guy gardner and they all kind of use their powers differently so the yeah different constructs when we do get them could be interesting well one thing that was very interesting to me and again we don't know if this will make it into the final is that the art that they posted shows uh shows Hal Jordan as a beard sporting green lantern and then they show John Stewart as a yellow lantern. So that could be interesting uh to have two different types of power rings and the the motivating factors behind them. Seeing them use it in those different ways could be interesting. But uh, that was a bit of a surprise to me. Oh, that is weird. Yeah, I just posted a picture for you if you haven't seen it. I have not. Uh, in the uh, in the Discord, if you want to check it out. That's weird. Yeah. And the cost, the outfit is weird. Yes, it's very early on. It looks like John Stewart is just wearing a leather jacket. Yeah. Uh, and Hal Jordan has a very, a much more sort of subdued armor inspired outfit, which I don't hate, but certainly it is different. I will be happy if I ever just get close enough to classic Green Lantern costume somewhere. I, you know what? Here, look, listen, I know this is not going to be a popular take, but I would love to see the white gloves make a comeback. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I'm with you. I think with you. I think it goes like the white in the emblem and a big Green Lantern emblem and then balanced out with the white gloves. I think it's a really cool look. Mm-hmm. People need to stop being so afraid and just give it a try. Just give it a, just a little little taste. little taste. Please. Yeah. I mean, again, this is just one of those like, I don't know how it plays into it. So it's either going to be something that's super exciting or just... Oh no, I didn't I didn't need that. And I think it'll be apparent real quick. Yeah. I, although now that I'm looking at the art again, you know, granted, Hal's symbol is sort of abstracted as well, but the yellow lantern symbol that John Stewart has on doesn't look like the traditional yellow lantern symbol. So maybe that's maybe it's something else. Isn't is he now a white lantern i i do not know i've uh, fell out of the um what do you call it i fell out of the uh 
the Green Lantern stories for this run, I've been just reading kind of uh, one bad day run from everything else in the uh, Batman run. So I'm not sure if he's a White Lantern, Yellow Lantern, Green Lantern, dead. You know, how they just kind of do it all. So I'm not sure. I don't know either. I found a picture of him as a a White Lantern, but I don't know if that's just like his current state of being or if it's a one-off thing. I don't know. So don't listen to me. But again, this also isn't the sigil that he has on the uh, the piece of art. So, yeah, who interested to see? Yeah, I mean, at least it's my two favorite lanterns. So, yeah, right. Get out of here, here, Kyle Rayner. Yeah, go somewhere with your artistic self. That makes you so powerful. You're so cool because you have an imagination. Well, guess what? A green boxing glove served us well for that many years. We're going to keep using the green boxing gloves. <laughs> Get over yourself, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> you don't those mean anything. Creativity sucks. I'm just kidding. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, I guess I'm I'm really putting a lot of stock in this, this the the sigil design. I guess if you take a look at the yellow lantern sigil, there are some commonalities with the the piece of art that I shared with you. Um, so I guess it could still be interesting choice though. Uh, interesting choice to make John Stewart a yellow lantern. There's a lot of other colors. There's not just the green and yellow, y'all. Yeah, they're like a bag of M M&M, and M's. Yeah, there's a whole spectrum of stuff that you could be. We got red lanterns and orange lanterns and blue and purple and sapphire. It's all all the fun colors you could you could use, but uh, it's all the emotions linked to yep. a specific color for you to choose from. Yeah, exactly. And then they even have like life and death. Uh, they've added a lot of good ones, but. Um, it's part of the fun, right? It's part of the fun is all the the different the different colors that uh that make up the Green Lanterns. Very colorful series. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, and of course green. Yeah. 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 Um so uh and that's pretty much it, right? Did the does anything else I missed besides Swamp Thing? Sorry, Swamp Thing. Oh, Booster Gold. Right, Booster Gold. I did miss that one. Yeah. Uh, they're coming out with a Booster Gold TV series, right? Yep. Booster Gold TV series. Perfect place to put Booster Gold. You could then oh, yeah. either hook them up with the Blue Beetle that is currently there, or you could hook them up with the Ted Cord Blue Beetle if you want, and you can build that relationship. Um, I mean, the quote that Gunn gave is probably the best quote I could ever say about Booster Gold for those who aren't familiar is, uh, Booster Gold is imposter syndrome as a superhero. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, like, it, he understands the property, clearly. Yeah. They, they just, again, for those who don't, he's from the 25th century. He stole a, a Legion flight ring, a pair of blasters, and a, a, a time-traveling device to come back to at the time he came back to the 80s to become a superhero but he's just terrible at it he just wanted to be popular so it is it it is perfect no inherent abilities just technology from the far future yeah so i love booster gold i've always loved the team up between him and blue beetle the, the blue and gold there so um 
I'll take it. And I think he's a he's a great introduction and TV is just the right space for a booster gold. And you could have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. Uh, you can see a very uh, you know, uh, America's greatest hero style show. Yeah, <laughs> especially gold. Oh my god, just uh, take that as the theme song too. So just use greatest American hero anyway. Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> that'd be so good. I'm for it. Believe it or not, I'm Booster Gold. Let's just have him. <laughs> I'm flying through air. What? <laughs> I've never been so free. <laughs> Booster Gold, right here, doing adventures on your TV. <laughs> I don't know. Believe it or not, I'm just Booster Gold. <laughs> Come on, James Gunn. Now, we already know that Kevin Fahey is, is mining our our fertile brains for the future of uh, the MCU, as as discovered in the last episode, the exciting last episode of Pop Saga. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, come on. You know, we're free agents. We're not tied to any... We're not tied to any one comic book universe. And I would say that quite possibly we maybe have even more passion and interest in the, in seeing the DC universe done uh, right. So, you know, I know you've put together your, uh, your writer's room. I read, I don't have the list in front of me, but I read the list and it's all heavy hitters, just all really good people. Uh, you know, why not bring down that average a little bit? Just a little bit. Just be like, <laughs> look, sometimes you just got to help some people. We're going to help these two and we could be a great, um, you know, great showrunners for Booster Gold, um, Crime Buster. Like, oh, yeah. a... <laughs> when you eventually come out with the Crime Buster show, yeah. I mean, if you're looking for people to helmet, uh, what better people than uh, your friends over here at Pop Saga? Exactly. Exactly. James, can we call you James? Well, I mean, Jamie G, as I like to call. <laughs> yeah, throttle that back a little bit. Just throttle that back a little bit. Don't go. Don't go. Jamie G just just yet make sure we get in a paycheck first you know like we're there <laughs> we get we, you know we do some storyboards and we're just like okay crime buster breaks into the room and he's got his nunchucks but the first thing we highlight is the the emblem on his chest that is just a fist with a <laughs> no sign over it that's right yeah, that's, that's that's what we're bringing to the table uh gunny bunny uh, a little better <laughs> And he's just like, check me out. I'm here, the bust crime. And I'm all out of busting. And but no are, fists. No fists. Because Not that's... a single fist. If anyone makes a fist in my present, I will hit them with whatever dumb implement I have to stop crime. I, I always remember his gold nunchucks. <laughs> his gold, right? His gold nunchucks. Because it always, because he's got like this weird, like two tone brown outfit. And then he's got a little crash helmet on, and then his no crime emblem, and then he's always swinging nunchucks. And I'm like, yeah, you go get him, Crime Buster. <laughs> like, <laughs> everything you bought was either from, like, the big five, or you went to your local, like, martial arts store. <laughs> the, original, just... the original Crime Buster has really big, we have Iron Man at home energy. Yes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's like, 
I Let's, want Iron Man. We have Iron Man at home, sweetie. And then you, <laughs> so you come home and there's Crime Buster waiting for you. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> yes. He, he kind of looks like if a football person became a superhero. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he, there's a million analogies that you could use for him. And they're all right. He's, he's <laughs> they're he's, all correct. They're all correct. They're all terrible. <laughs> he's not. He's he's not that good. But we'll make him like the people could be like that crime buster. He's the he's the real deal. Yeah. When we when we get our sort of like non serialized episodic sort of like problem of the week type uh type show with crime buster. I mean, you're, uh, guess what. You know, don't quote me on this, but Dick Wolf's already on board. <laughs> oh, I don't have the dunda so close. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine in your head. Dong, dong. Yeah, I was like, we have Dick Wolf on board. There but you go. <laughs> it's, it's all, it's literally like number two on my soundboard. <laughs> so Whoops. I had to go all the way, all the way up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Nelson making a appearance on this episode. Well, I think that's going to do it for us, John. Uh, I would count myself as cautiously optimistic. How are you feeling about this announcement? Same, same. The only thing that I really do appreciate about this is the fact that graphic novels of all the series that he kind of called out and he was inspired by are selling out. So it means people are buying comics reading things and so it's it's doing the lord's work in that regard yeah that's a really good point he made sure to talk openly about how big of a fan he was and about how these uh, you know he was influenced by these specific comics and a lot of people have done it but you don't always get like that sort of like hey i love comics too and these are the comics i love and that they're going to inspire me i think that's really if you're a comic fan i think it's a really inspirational message and as you said if it boosts the uh if it boosts the awareness of these great comics, all the better. These are great stories and totally worth your time. Here, here. Indeed. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode as we broke down all the news out of the DC studios, and we sure as heck enjoyed making it for you. But without further ado, take it away, Mitzelplia Forest. <laughs> Oh shit, alright. <laughs> I'm gonna remember that one. A big thank you to Burton M6 for all the incredible music on our show. You can find a link to his Fiverr page in our show notes. You can also find links to our social media, Discord, and merch store in our show notes as well. Just click that Pico link. From us here at Pop Saga to all of you out there, we want to say thank you for joining us. Your support means the world. We hope that you're feeling happy and healthy, and we'll be back next Thursday with a brand new episode. Now here's John with one last bit of sage advice before we say goodbye. Thanks, Mitzel Plick Forest. <laughs> Good memory. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, at least I know how to say the first part. That last <laughs> name, that forest name is always tough. Yeah. Uh, remember, folks. Only you can prevent gods and monsters. <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs>
I don't write these things out. When it's <laughs> evident. It's been evident for like 135 episodes. I don't think these things through. I just say them. It's part of the charm. I think so. Hey, thank you for tuning in uh-huh. to all my super fans. Hope you coming back again. Got a shout out to Fresca. I know you riding with me as we pull up in the Hyundai Delhi City. <laughs> you want the hype? I gotcha. Got Gotta keep it locked right here on Pop Saga. Woo! Pop Saga, let's go.